Okay, let's pray. Jesus, we, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that um, we, we could have even stopped at what a beautiful name it is. And, and we would have had time well spent just drawing near to you, the King of Kings. Father, we, we just receive all the words that we've heard this morning, Father God. And we, we embrace the fact that, Lord, you've come for all people in all places. And, Lord, I pray that you would just help us to continue in that same spirit as we move into the word, Father. Lord, not just hearing the word for someone else, but hearing the word for ourselves. Lord, we want to be transformed so that we can be an agent of transformation in this city and in our homes and our workplaces. Father, we, we glorify you because it begins and it ends with you. Father, I pray that we would just have a sense of who you are this morning, Jesus. Lord, it's not necessarily what we can do for you, but what we do with you and who you're creating in us to be. Lord, we received those words last week from Bruce, and we just want to continue seeking your face through the word, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you've given us your word that we can stand on. Lord, it's a sword that's, that's sharp, Father God. It's one of our tools in the arsenal of, of your warfare, Jesus. And we, we recognize that, Lord, our, our battle is not of flesh and blood, Jesus, but we need to be equipped with your word so that we can continue to do that which you're calling us to do. So, Father, give us ears to hear and eyes to see this morning of what it is that you would like to say. Lord, we love you. We worship you. All of God's people said, amen. Amen. How are we this morning? Feeling good? Yeah, excellent. Thank you, Anja and the team. It's such a blessing when you come there and lead us. Uh, this morning, I think one, what I'd love to talk about is, is a, a sermon title called The Missing Ingredient. And we'll, we'll do two, two weeks, talk about the missing ingredient. So really, there's two missing ingredients, but it kind of, that's not a, that's not a nice title, two missing ingredients, just the missing ingredient. But it comes under one banner, if you will. And so this week, I want to talk on one emphasis of the missing ingredient. Next week, we'll talk on the other. But before I go there and before we talk about what it is and, and, and what we're looking at, I, I, I think for many of us that have been around for a while, we've heard so many of the concepts. We've heard so many of the principles. Even for those that haven't been around for that long, we've probably heard a lot of the, the bits and pieces of what we should or shouldn't do. We all know it's a good idea to pray. We know that worship is a great thing to do. We know that getting into the Word is good. We know that encouraging our brothers and sisters is good. We know all of these things. We know to love one another, love our enemies. We know all those things. But I think there's, there's so much truth, and it's a quote that I use often, but I want to use it again this morning as we kick off. Uh, Patrick Lencioni said it, and I don't know if he coined it or not, but he says, we, we don't often need to be instructed as much as we need to be reminded. And I think it's important that we come into, uh, when we come into a gathering like this, I think that there's, there's people here, I just think of, of Jim McLean and Ben Polson and guys that have, have taught the word for the better part of their lives. And just, we, we have such a wealth of, of passion and, and, and knowledge and insight. But I think it's important that we, when we come, it's not as much to be instructed, although I think instruction is good, and I hope that you maybe hear something that you haven't heard before in the Holy Spirit, and I hope that that comes to you. But also, it's, it's so important that we come together collectively in unison and go a certain direction. And so I hope that you're encouraged this morning as we do that. But as always, I need to start with a story, and Angie's told me that I don't share enough stories about Bennett. So now Bennett is going to come on the chopping block more, and since he's with us this morning... And it's now two services in a row when he cries at the most quiet time of the service. So he deserves a couple stories his way. So uh, I, 
as, as I've been, we're, we're still kind of thinking on this idea of growth, and I hope we're always thinking about growth and what it is to continue moving forward and where is God shaping us, where is he wanting us to, to, to continue stepping out into. And I was just thinking, as a dad, I have a lot of opportunity to help my boys, or at least I would like to think so, help them grow and help them step into to where hopefully God is taking them and where Angie and I see God shaping their lives. And I was just looking at the different levels of, of how that happens. And I would, I would say that Bennett is probably at level one. Uh, and what I mean by that is whenever I try and help Bennett with some growth or some direction or change in his life, his first response, even if he really wants to do something. So I'm like, Bennett, would you like an ice cream? No. Bennett, w- would you like to go to the park? No. Bennett, would you like to wear your favorite shirt? No. It's, it's immediate. It's, it's amazing. He'll think about it for a while. He says, I actually do want that. And he'll come back and say, yes, I do want that. I love that. I, I really think that represents the first level of growth for us. As God is trying to move and do in us, I think how many of us oftentimes are just like, oh, nope, that sounds really good for me, but no. So I think that's the first level. But then I'm getting to my story for Archer now because he's really opening up the, the idea. The second level, I think, is, is Archer. And now, Angie and I, Angie sits there literally, and I'm trying to discipline Archer, and she's laughing, almost like loud laughing, and I'm saying, you're really ruining this moment here that I'm trying to have with Archer and trying to shift him to a place where God can do. And what I mean by this, he's the second level. He is much more receptive to this idea of like, okay, I want to take on some of these principles that he's started to buy, and dad, you're a good guy. You've got my best interests at heart. I'm, I'm on board. Let's move forward. And so, the, the problem is, and I think he's a little bit better now. This is probably maybe about six months ago or, or a year. And it was so, it was so funny because it happened so many times. I would send Archer to timeout, as one does. I get sent to timeout sometimes too, so it's okay. I'd send him to timeout, and he, he would quite compliantly go, which is, which is was a battle, and we won that battle eventually. He'd go to timeout, and then for me, I'm, I'm always about learning opportunities in everything that I do and everything. I, I want to make sure that we're redeeming the time and that we're getting as much as we possibly can out of the time. So I would tell Archer, Archer, why did you go to timeout? And he would look at me. He was so sincere. And he, he'd look at me. He said, he said, Dad, why did I go to timeout? And I'd look at him. I said, no, 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 no. Archer, Archer, why? Why did you go to timeout? And he'd look at me, Dad, why did I go to timeout? And I, I, Archer, no, no, seriously, I, I need you to understand because we, we can't move forward. You're not going to get the benefit of what this is until you have an understanding of why you went to timeout. Otherwise, this was just like a fruitless, fruitless endeavor of sending you to timeout, and it was painful for me, and it was painful for you. Archer, why did you go to timeout? Dad, why did I go to timeout? I said, Archie, you're killing me, dude. And then I just sent him off to go play with his brother. He was just repeating what I was saying. He had no idea why he went to timeout. He doesn't even know what I'm talking about. He's saying, Dad, I don't know the word why. You're saying why, and I'm going to tell you back what you're telling me. I, I want to grow, Dad. I, wa- I want to move. Can I go play now? That is, that's, there, was, there was a missing ingredient. There was something that he was missing, and it wasn't from him wanting to please me. It wasn't from his desire to be walking in, in that which his father was seeing where he was going. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about what I think might be a missing ingredient for our journey this morning. We're going to be looking at the story of Moses and just the very end of Moses' life, in fact. And at this point of, in Moses' journey, I'm just going to give a bit of backstory 
Moses has been on the journey for a while. In fact, 38 years into his 40-year journey through the desert. And, you know, by this time, I think Moses knows his, his goal really, really well. He knows what he's after, right? The promised land has been promised to him a long time ago. You, you can imagine, well, I don't know if I could imagine, 40 years wandering in the desert. But you, could, you can kind of have an idea. He has a really good idea of where he's wanting to go. He has the big picture firmly in his head. And not only is it just an idea from him, but he has God's ordained plan firmly in his head. He has the word of the Lord that has been spoken over him of where he, know, he knows he needs to get to. The picture of growth for him is clear in his mind. And Moses has been locked into this promised land thing for a long time. You know, I, I envision that Moses was probably spending a lot of time in the desert thinking about all of the things that the promised land would bring. I picture him thinking about what it would really mean for these people that were slaves for so long to own their own land. I picture that he was thinking about the children that he would see wandering around with, with the hope of a future and not of slavery. I mean, I just, I really picture that he would have been connected to what the promised land really meant and really, and really um, encapsulated for the people. He would have seen their future in there. And now, as, I'm, and I'm, as we're looking at our own journey, I wonder if we could just not only let it be Moses' journey, but where are you currently on your journey? What have you been waiting for maybe a long time? What is, he, what is God, what is the Almighty God leading you into right now? Have you been looking to see your kids come back into relationship with God? Is it freedom from an addiction or illness? Is it working your way out of debt? Is it hoping to see a relationship repaired with someone that's been broken maybe for a long time? Is it healing from grief? What thing are you wanting to grow in or, or have, have grown in you? And I imagine this is fairly clear for many of us especially if it's something that we've been working on or waiting on for a while. But as we, as we join Moses at this, at this point, I think it's important to just kind of recognize where we're jumping into the story. I can picture him tasting the promised land at this point. It's 38 years into it. He's ready to receive what God has promised. And I think I, I, can, I can resonate with that idea that there's been different times in my life when I'm like, okay, I'm really ready to receive the promises of God. I think this is a good thing. I can kind of start tasting them. So this is the point where we jump into the story with Moses. And you can also imagine how much of the trial that Moses has had to endure over this 40-year journey. A lot of it has been what? The people of Israel, they, they've been gracious. They've, they've walked with him the entire way, supporting and encouraging him. It's, it's been tough. I mean, they've gone through, they were going to die of starvation. And, and I think I would have joined the crowd and said, Moses, we need to eat. This is not a good thing, right? They've had water shortages. They've been attacked by people. They've, they've, they've had a, a, a myriad of trials. But also, over this 40-year period and more, how much of the provision of God have they seen? They have seen the miraculous. They have seen the Red Sea parted. They've seen this pillar of, of cloud by, by day and this pillar of fire by night. They've seen the Jordan River parted. They've seen armies just miraculously just decimated in the power of God. They have seen the provision of God. They've seen bread, manna from heaven, literally come down. And then when they got sick of the bread, what did he send? He sent the, he sent the, the birds that came down and they were able to have meat miraculous provision. So 
I'm just kind of painting the picture to where we're jumping into uh, the story this morning. He's truly journeyed with God. Not only that, he's met with him on the mountain. He's, he's talked with God face to face, and he's, he's lived, walked, breathed with God for this time and led the people. So this is where we're jumping into our story this morning. Numbers 20, verse 1. And the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh, all great places. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation. There was no water for the congregation. I think it's important, just want to stop for a second, that the objective in front of the people and Moses as their leader was the need for water. And do we all agree without water, it's pretty hard to do to live. You're going to die sometime soon if you don't have water. The people need water. So the big goal was what? What was their big goal that they're wanting to step into? The promised land, right? I mean, they're 38 years into their 40-year kind of um, wandering in the desert. You can imagine, we're wanting to step into the thing that we need, but, but an intermediary goal is, is, is getting water. That's a fairly important one. They're not going to get to the promised land if they die from lack of water. Just for a moment before we continue with the story, Maybe, maybe you have some of those things in your mind of what the big goal is of stepping into. And maybe there's some intermediary goals of saying, I, I really need to have this happen so that this can happen. It's important that you have that firmly in your mind because we're going to look at the missing ingredient in a little while in, in Moses. Because many of you that know the story know that this is, this is a, a fairly significant turning point for Moses. And in fact, it's the thing that stops him from entering the promised land completely, what we're about to read. So it's important that we lean in and see what was this thing that Moses might have missed or that was the missing ingredient? But for you, what are you working on right now? What is the big picture of the thing that you're wanting to step into? And, and are there some other things that you're just saying, man, I need to kind of get this to be able to get there? So the story continues. And they assembled themselves together against Moses. This is talking about the people. And against Aaron. And the people quarreled with Moses. And they said, would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. You would have think, I think that the people of Israel must have just had like a repeat button. You go through the story and they just have the same, bring us back to Egypt, bring us back to slavery. But the thing that I was looking at as far as our own journeys in God is how many of us, when we face opposition or problems that really stop or block where we need to go, if, if there's just that one thing that could be resolved, then I could step into my growth or I could step into the fullness. I just need to resolve this, this one thing. So I kind of want you to maybe put that one frustrating thing that continues to keep popping up or this, this thing that just continues to be there. Here, the obstacle is not only lack of water, but it's the people are about to riot. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces before God. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. 
So Moses, Moses does what you're supposed to do. Moses is not in this for himself, right? He's been walking with God the entire time. He's, he's been seeking direction for him the entire time. He's not a rogue off doing his own thing. He's continually staying plugged in with what God is doing and how he's doing it. And when the people are upset and they're about to riot and they don't have water and many of them are going to die probably very soon from lack of thirst, from thirst, he goes to God and he gets direction from God on what he needs to do. It's very similar to what happened almost, almost 38 years earlier when there was no water again. Something, a very similar story, and that's in Exodus 17. I'm in verse 10. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and he struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their livestock drank. I I picture Moses being just a little bit pleased with himself after this interaction. You know, you can just feel, yeah, I told told them what's up, but not only did I tell them what's up, God, we got them them water. You know, it's a successful mission. He's a little bit upset, but... Man, he's been dealing with this dissension and this defiance for a long time, and he's probably sick of it and angry with it. And he had to let the people know, this is enough. Stop messing with me and my God. Here's your water. Mission accomplished. They need to get to the promised land, and they're going to die if they don't have water. So here's water. We can continue down our journey to this goal, to this thing that we're wanting to grow into, right? Here is where the missing ingredient comes into play. And many of you know, and I've already mentioned it, that this is such a crucial moment in the life of Moses. I I still don't think I understand the gravity of what he would have gone through as we're about to read the next scriptures. There's so much to learn from this missing ingredient, and we'll talk about that in a moment. I think in Moses' mind, the thing that needed to get done was to get water to the people. Moses was focused on this thing of getting water to the people. But let's hear from the Lord on this. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I've given them. Whoa. These are the waters of Meribah where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord and through them he showed himself holy. I think if I would have been Moses, I would have, I would have been trying to track with what God was saying because he just went from seeing God perform another miracle. He went from hearing God and seeing him perform another miracle to all of a sudden him having the promise of stepping into the promised land taken away for good. What a U-turn in his journey. He's about to, he's continuing to move forward, seeing God's provision And he all of a sudden gets the notice that you're not entering into the promised land, the thing that you've been searching for 40 years, 40 years plus. And that's not including the time that he was in Egypt and and trying to bring the people out and the plagues and, and just this mighty provision that he's seen of God. The question that I asked myself is what in the world did Moses miss after having walked and talked with God for more than 40 years and seeing so many of his miracles. What did he miss? And I'd like to suggest this is maybe the missing ingredient. It is fairly simple, and yet someone who had walked and talked with God for so long seemed to have completely lost sight of it. The missing ingredient is this. It's very simple. What is God doing in this situation? 
This is simple. This is not, this is not hard. What is God doing in this situation? We can get so lost in the moment of the situation, even in the middle of a God-ordained situation. He's put you on a path. He's, he's sent you down a road. We're following his direction. We're following his lead. We know that the promised land is ahead of us. You can be so lost even in the middle of achieving things, good things for, for God, that we can lose complete sight of what he's actually doing in that situation. Specifically this. This is, this is the focus point for this morning, and next week we're going to have a different focus point. But the question is this. What is God doing in me through this situation? What is he teaching me through this situation? Not, not what end am I trying to achieve, but what is he doing in me? Here's, here's something that might be noteworthy. The very thing that we see that might be blocking us from growing could be the very thing we need to grow us. The very thing that you see that is, is this thing that's in the way could be the thing that is going to help you get to where you need to get to. If there is a frustration in your way and you've been waiting for God to remove it, or you see it as an obstacle that just won't go away, then here's some words from Dennis Peacock. What is God saying to you in this? Until you can answer it, you can't get the benefit of it. I'm reminded of when I'm sitting there with Archer. He's down for the cause. He says, Daddy, I want to learn. I want, I want to move forward. And then when I say, okay, so why are you in timeout? Why, am I t- you know, why are you in timeout? I'm not in timeout, Archer. Why are you in timeout? Why are you in timeout? I find that the missing ingredient is is the ability for us to understand what God is doing in us through this situation. What is he trying to teach you in the situation that you're currently in? Next week, we're going to look a little bit more about the things around us, and we'll talk more about that. But until you can understand where your frustration is coming from, why are you so upset? Why is this not working? I think God's idea of success is so different than ours. His heart is for the promised land for the people. His heart is for them to get water. He doesn't want them to die. But do you know this wasn't about water? This wasn't about this goal that he had in his head. I need to get this goal done. I need it. We need to get to the promised land. There's something going on in in him that Moses completely missed. Moses got water for the people, but he completely missed what God was doing in the big picture. He lost sight of what God was trying to do in him through that situation. The result in this case is very literally he was not able to grow or, or move into the growth that he'd been so long waiting for. I thought this, uh, Bruce, help me to say, how do you say the commentary that I was reading? Kyle and Delich. And so if he says it wrong, I can place you back that way. It's a really good commentary throughout the Old Testament, but it says this around this passage. It says that Moses, Moses then struck the rock, rock twice with the rod as it depended upon human exertion and not upon the power of God alone. Or as if the promise of God would not have been fulfilled without all the striking on his part. I thought, I was like, whoa, you you start to, because initially when you're just saying, God, give the man a break. He's been working for you for 40 years. You you, you think you can let a little bit of frustration come out a little bit. I'd probably be getting a baseball bat and hitting that, that rock, you know. But I thought, what an interesting thing. Moses let his anger out on the people calling them rebels, losing his cool and striking the rock in anger, and as such, taking all the attention away from God 
and putting it on himself and on his anger. Moses thought he knew what he was doing getting water for the people, but it wasn't about getting water. God told him this. Let's just read the scripture again. Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. This was about upholding God as holy. Moses' focus was on getting water when that was not what God's focus was with him. I was talking, I mean, this, this, one of the, there's a, there's a, Chris Hill has, has this principle that is just such a pain. And he says, if you're going to preach or you're going to share, you better make sure that you're completely impacted and rocked by this topic before you share it. I so agree and embrace that kind of principle. And, and just recently, I was talking to a mentor of mine back in the States. I was talking about a situation. I was saying, man, we need to resolve this situation. And this, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. And he, he told me this very thing. He said, Jesse, what is God doing in you right now? I said, no, no you're missing this. How, how can I resolve this so that we can keep doing God's work? We got to be about the business of the kingdom. And, I, and we really do. Hear me. What is God doing in us? What does he want us to see us come into? It challenged me so much. But Proverbs 69 says this, the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. The next thing he told me was this, it's all about God. That seems pretty basic and elementary. Like we, we can all agree with that. But my goodness, how busy can we get with our understanding and our perspective of what his agenda is, and we can be so busy doing his work that I want to submit to you that we can completely miss what he's doing in us, even as we're going about God's business. What is he doing in you right now through this situation, regardless of how frustrating it might be? The missing ingredient is to be always asking God, what is he saying in this situation, not just about what needs to be done, but what specifically is he doing in you right now? I think there is such a danger when we reject something because it's not going to plan or it doesn't look like it should look. Because you could be missing the opportunity that God is wanting to do something in you. His growth plan is far better than any growth plan we could sign up for. Amen? I just want to share one final story and we'll wrap up. This comes, it's the story of the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, 16. And behold, a man came up to him, this is Jesus, saying, Teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, If you would enter life, keep the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. That's a really nice way of saying don't lie. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What still do I lack? All these I have kept. What still am I missing? What still do I lack? Jesus says to him this, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter into the kingdom of heaven. He goes on to say, The disciples were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? And there's a theme that we've been talking about this morning that he says. But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. With man, this is impossible. But with God... 
all things are possible. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. The rich young ruler was interested in growing. He was interested in pleasing the Lord. He was, he'd had a whole life dedicated to following him and, and inputting his precepts into where he was going and what he was doing. But he was focused on his perspective of growing rather than what God's was and what God was wanting to do in him. God wasn't interested in his money. This story isn't even about money. What does he say? What's the final statement that he says? Come, follow me. It wasn't about him giving away his money. It was about him coming and following Jesus. The money was a barrier in the way for him to do that. Come, follow me. The thing that he lacked, the missing ingredient, was what God was specifically doing in him, not in the plan that the young man had in his mind to please God, but what God was doing in him. And God was saying, come and follow me. It's not all these rules that you've been able to live up to. Those, those please me, meaning that you're, living a holy life is not a bad thing. But what am I doing in you right now in this season? What, what is God doing in you right now? What, what picture do you have of the future that produces passion in you that you're going after? What do you want to see? Is it children that are redeemed? Whatever it is, make sure that as much as you keep that in mind, that you don't get locked into frustrations of that journey where God might be wanting to grow you so that you can truly see those things come in the future. We, in and of ourselves, cannot grow into what we need to be, as much as I've tried at different times. And where we need to go, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Next week, I want to talk a little bit about another side of, of, this, of this topic, and then hopefully maybe give even some practical uh, ways to, to maybe lock into this, this voice of God, because I think if we've been on the journey for a long time, We've tried a lot of things, and I just hopefully want to maybe remind you of some, some really good ones next week. Can we pray? Jesus, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a word in season. And Lord, I pray that as, as we're talking about the environment that something needs to grow, Lord, I pray that you would make our hearts to be fertile in this season. Lord, let us take the seeds that you're sowing through us through your word and through your people and through encouragement and let it grow up, Father. Let not these seeds grow on hard ground, Father God. Let them not be choked out by weeds, but Father, we are committed to moving forward in your purposes, to moving forward in the things that you've called for us. Lord, we know those things are greater, greater things, Father, that you said we will do, Lord. And so we want to step into what that is with faith and expectancy in this week. Lord, I pray for your protection over your people and I pray for some just really, really cool fellowship right now in the, in the cafe. In your mighty name, all of God's people said, amen. Bless you heaps, cafe.